Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker, and here's how plans fail. So we started off this podcast, we had like a million ideas, we're going through them. I remember one of the ideas was like, oh, one of us will watch the Emoji movie, the other one won't, and the whole episode will just be a joke, like, yeah, I didn't watch it. And it ended up being one of our worst episodes. And we had a whole bunch of other plans, and you know, the ones that made it, I think I'm pretty proud of. I think one of the best parts of this show is it just keeps getting better from episode to episode. That being said, never listen to episode one. But... For October, we're just like, okay, we what should we do? We should do a whole bunch of stuff. We have, like, all these ideas here. Let's do Stephen King Month. First two weeks, we're, we're chugging along. Uh, some classics in there, some not-so-classics. Carrie's great. Creepshow's great. Running Man's great. But there's also The Langoliers, Children of the Corn, The Tommyknockers, Maximum Overdrive, Dreamcatcher. At one point, we were even thinking... Let's do the Stephen King adaptation of The Shining. I, I want you folks to look this up at home, because you know I would never bullshit you. Not, never. Not, not in a million years would I ever bullshit you. That thing's like four hours long. I, I can't do it. Have you ever seen it? Because I have. I've sat through the whole thing. It's so boring. Nothing ever happens. The original 1981 is a classic. Stephen King doesn't know his own work. Anyway, the, the reason I bring this up is that sometimes plans fall apart, and we can't spend the entire month doing Stephen King. It's just unfeasible. So, what I'm saying is that we're not doing a Stephen King movie this month. In fact, it has very little to do with Stephen King. But it has a lot to do with Halloween. And I think that's worth something. Now, before we get into the movie itself, Parker, what are some of your favorite memories of Halloween? Oh, nothing like just dressing up like the Red Power Ranger and sitting home alone without any friends. Watching no, no, Rudy I mean Rose Halloween, not yesterday. <laughs> oh. Dressing up like the White Ranger, <laughs> sitting home alone <laughs> eating candy. All right. Uh, one of my favorite memories is uh, my dad didn't want people coming by. He still doesn't want people coming by for Halloween. So uh, what he what he would do is he would take his greatest hits of Black Sabbath and put it on the stereo and put it as loud as possible. So you'd actually hear that opening Black Sabbath song with all the tritones and everything playing really loud. No one came by our house that year. And he got to listen to some good music. And I'm pretty sure he said the game was on too. So, you know, the game is on. Can't stop looking at the game. Uh, so that was Speaking of, of the game being on, <laughs> hey, Chris. I saw a movie this weekend. Uh, what movie did you see? Saw a little movie called Jigsaw. Oh, God, I completely forgot that you did. So that's not a prequel? No. You know what, Chris? You might be surprised. It was actually pretty good. Oh. Really? No, I'm just kidding. It that's sucked dope. a dog's dick. Uh, it was terrible. Well, well, I mean, what did you expect? I hate the Saw movies. I, mean, I really do. I enjoy them, but they're all bad. 
If you you can't ask me to rank the series because in eight movies it's just, hey, do you remember the one where insert trap? The movies have no distinguishing elements in my mind. Well, exactly. Oh, boy, I mean, the how twist could you pick the good this, one? The twist to Jigsaw is incredibly stupid. So, well, isn't the twist in all? I mean, what what about the twist in the first one where the dead body gets up and he's the guy? Look. We will talk off air because it literally just came out like two days ago. Okay. It is, and you know I'm not going to see it. I incredibly just... stupid. Uh, speaking of movies that are coming up, I don't know what we're doing next week. I assume we'll you know hash it out there, but Snowman's out. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <Apparently>. Police Officer. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Police Officer. Hello, Mr. Honey. Hello, Mr. Ragtime Cal. <laughs> uh, you could have stopped me, baby. My heart goes wild. <laughs> oh boy and that's by the same director of uh, uh, Let the Right One In which I love and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy which is also good and then he didn't made this. see it, it looks like a book sorry oh, well, you know. but uh, so yeah I haven't seen that yet but I've heard good things we still haven't seen Blade Runner at this point I blame both why of why bother? I, the I, game was not on in Blade Runner the game was on in Jigsaw okay uh, and Jigsaw was a crisp 92 minutes, more importantly. Uh, that's that's a good point. I also saw a movie. In fact, I saw a movie today. Oh, yeah? I was forced, not quite at gunpoint, but just, I don't know, I, I relented and I just... Alex made me watch Fifty Shades Darker. Is that the Alex we like or the Alex we don't like? Does it matter? Yeah, it's the Alex we like. Okay. Uh, just... Boy, that movie's bad. It's 131 minutes, and it just keeps on going. It, it's it's poorly written, incredibly poorly acted. Okay, that's... I mean, really, this is the thing where... Alex says it in her review of the first movie, but... I, I guess it didn't click in my mind strong enough. Boy, Dakota Johnson's just a bad actress, or maybe she's just not trying. I, I put it to you that there is no man who has ever wanted sex less than Jamie Dornan in this movie. Oh, uh, actually. And you're talking the, to him. The music choices were terrible. Uh, we both laughed hysterically when we saw the music credit was by Danny Elfman, but honestly, you hear oh, very boy. little of his music. Uh, we were kind of expecting like the music. As soon as we saw Danny Elfman, we were, you know, kind of expecting the. I was like, oh man, if they have that during a butt fucking scene, oh boy. But no, actually, it didn't sound anything like Danny Elfman, so that was kind of weird. What else did I hate about it? Oh, everything. So don't watch that, but. You know what? I watched another movie. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Halloween. It's very, 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 very good. In case you haven't seen it yet. Now, how much did you love Halloween 2? I, I didn't. I kind of considered it a waste of time. It, uh, it, Correct. I, mean, I, I just feel like the first movie really is a masterpiece. I remember the first time I saw uh, Halloween 1, and I was just like... Uh, I don't know. I'm not really into it. It's just, you know, another slasher. But then I actually took the time to watch it and, like, kind of pay attention. I was just like, it's really well lit and it's really well shot. And, like, the ideas are so simple that they're almost universal. The acting and, and is really exactly what you're looking for. And the writing is really good, too. So it's, I don't know that I'd call it a perfect movie, but it, it hits every note. And it hits every note really, really hard. So it's, it's, it's a movie that surprises me every time I watch it because it just keeps on getting better. Halloween 2, I watch once and I'm never going to see it again. Did you like how unnecessarily mean that nurse kill was where she gets boiled alive for no reason? 
Yeah, they went back and they added all that uh, gore. Now, I heard that uh, John Carpenter himself went back and shot it, but he didn't even want to. The studio made him do it, and he was just like, fine, I guess I'll do it. So he Correct. filmed it and put it in there. I watched uh, two documentaries of the making of the original Halloween, and boy, you put it best. John Carpenter does not give a shit about his career. He does not give a fuck about any movie he's made, and I love it. I, I kind of love it, and I kind of... It kind of makes me feel weird, because I came to the conclusion that, yeah, at this point, he is my favorite director. I do like him more than Alfred Hitchcock, but, boy, it feels weird, because, like, if I ever see him, he's, like, what, 105 now? If I ever see him, I'll be like, yeah, dude, I really liked, you know, Big Trouble in Little China. He'd be like, yeah, that studio hated it. No yeah, one made no it. money. You're the only one. I bet you probably pirated it, you piece of shit. And I'll be like, well, you know, had a good time. Like, my favorite part of the documentary, I don't know how much of it you watch, but at one point, uh, they're talking about people like it so much, they even like the flaws in the movie, uh, which, honestly, are kind of hard to get. Like, uh, there's one scene where they're talking and there's a bush and, like, part of the smoke from a cigarette floats by. And, uh, I think it was it was actually that awful Devin Ferrasi said something like, you, you couldn't just reshoot it and not smoke for that scene. And then it cuts to John Carpenter just lighting up in the middle of the interview and then glaring at the camera. <laughs> uh, the less said about Devin Ferrasi, the better. Um, and uh, there, I think there was uh, one thing. I, I don't even remember what it was. It just cuts to John Carpenter who said, what are you going to do? And that could have been the response to anything. You know, it could be like, well, it was the most successful independent movie of all time. What do you got to do? Right? What do you got to do? Fuck. Sorry, my masterpiece had a couple mistakes in it. This dude was so happy that he wrote and directed Starman, and everyone remembers him for the stabbing movie. <laughs> and then, talk like... about the thing and watch him blow you off in spectacular fashion. Yeah. I wish people liked it then. would ruin my career. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, you like the thing. Wouldn't you prefer E.T.? And that just kicked me in the balls. It's so good. He's so bitter. But at the same time... I would be, too. apathetic. I would be, too. Because, honestly, you go back and watch E.T., that movie blows. That movie fucking sucks. The thing is awesome. That's I'm, I'm just drawing my line to the sand here. I'm just saying, no, it's like everyone Stand loves E.T., but still. Also... The Secret of Nim. You want a good kids movie for 1982. That's what oh, we got Oh, someone's back on his bullshit. Hey. We're, we're talking about cartoons. You know what that means. Oh. So, do, wait. Do you want to talk about it right now? We're going to have to at some point. Or Alex might literally ban us both. <laughs> okay. Um, so, before we get to the main feature... Uh, I, I, I will just... In conclusion, I watched both Halloween movies back to back. So, remember that for when we talk about Halloween 3. Also, I do up. have to ask you one question about Halloween 2. Yeah. How much do you hate the Lori being his sister thing? I don't know that I hated it. Uh, I think for some reason I kind of expected it. Just because, like, I didn't really understand why he was so fixated on her in the first movie. But then again, it was like, maybe he wasn't fixated on her. It's just she was there, you know? So, it's like, I don't... I don't mind it so much, but I hear I hear the later movies he starts going after her niece or something like that. He sure I does. Like, I was like, boy, that that seems a bit much. You know? That seems very Voorhees esque. Jamie Lee Curtis's wig, good wig or great wig? Uh, I'm going to put that firmly in good. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I have to admit I didn't know it was a wig until after I saw it. And then I was just, oh, that's why it looked fucked up. Um. Anyway, so when you're trying to film something that takes place the same night a year later, you get instances like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
a pup named Scooby-Doo. Come on, baby, let's take my car to the place where dreams come true. It's a mile off the interstate, and if you want to dance, well, that's there too. At the happy haunted sunshine house, we can groove. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes here. It must have been, what, three years ago or something like that? We were... Conversations turn, as they do, to 90s cartoons. And uh, Alex... Uh, it doesn't matter which one. It matters. The bald one. Let him said, ha- How dare you? <laughs> Don't take this moment away from him. Okay, but yeah, Alex said... Uh, Guy Alex said... Something about a you know red herring or something like that, and I think I said something along the lines of, you know, I didn't actually get the name red herring until I was in my twenties, and that's uh, I had like seen Clue or something. And I finally put it together, you know, the communism was just a red herring. Thing. Dude, I wrote that exact thing down. That's all I think of. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, so red herring means this, and my mom was like, yeah, you never do that. I was just like, okay, don't math Chris over here. So it's just, okay, so Red Herring never does it. I was like, that's actually, you know, kind of a good joke, you know? Who would name their kid Red Herring? That's stupid, but, you know, whatever. And uh, he was like, yeah, but except for that one episode where Red Herring actually did it. I think I reacted violently. I think I was just like, oh, fuck you, Alex. Don't As do this to me. And he was just like, no, really, there was an episode where Red Herring actually did it. I was just like, yeah, okay, everyone pile on Chris. Like, I'm going to fall for that one. Then it turns out there's an episode where Red Herring actually did it. It's called The Battle of the Boogie Biker. And uh, it's season three, episode one of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Were you ever a fan of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo? No. And to broaden it, Hanna-Barbera as a whole sucks donkey balls. Yeah, Their I gotta tell you. are garbage. They, they had one good one with Tom and Jerry way back in, what, the 40s or something like that? And then they're just like... Oh, people don't like this really great animation. What they really like is Hanna-Barbera. So they're just like, okay, uh, budget has been cut to $45. So uh, go nuts out there, animators. And that's why animation sucked for so many decades. Like, come on. Anyway, this show totally blows chunks. It was it was actually, uh, head, was, it was, I think it was headed by uh, Tom Ruger. 
who also did The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, classic, and other <laughs> good shows like uh, Tiny Toon Adventures, which I actually like, and Animaniacs, which I actually love, and I'm pretty sure he even did Freakazoid, which is overrated. So Man, just drawing that line in the sand today. I was I was kind of expecting you to go, how dare you, but... Dude, go back and watch Freakazoid. There's there's some really to. there's some really good moments in there, but there's also uh I'll put it like this. Tom Ruger plays Freakazoid. Freakazoid is a shitty character. He's just he's just really dumb and annoying and immature. He's 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 wacky, epic, random spork penguin of doom. And uh it's it's not great on a rewatch, but there are other things I do like about the show for what that's worth. Uh, I'm not, again, not going to go back and rewatch it. I'm very busy with more intellectual shows like Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, but now I have to watch a pup named Scooby-Doo. So it's just like, I have to admit I was kind of tired today. So it's just like, maybe I could watch like a couple episodes to give myself a refresh, how the show works and everything. And then I woke up like 30 minutes before time to record. I was just like, oh shit. So I just immediately downloaded the episode, watched it. I was just like, well... That passed quickly. <laughs> it sure does. It's only 11 minutes long, which, thank God, can you imagine if this show was 22 minutes long per episode? Oh, we would have had to pivot hard and yeah, uh, make uh, a couple apologies to one person in particular. Yeah. Hope who would have been banned. livid and never spoken to us again. You would so, have had to face him in person. So we'll go through it scene by scene. Fred Jones keeps claiming red herring did it because that's the running joke of the series Chris, here's the thing though it actually ties in perfectly oh because okay. we're covering halloween we're talking mm-hmm. about halloween one and two mm-hmm. fred is literally dr loomis just following red herring around like michael myers trying. oh to my god him. i never even thought he of that wants that red-headed <laughs> idiot dead more than anything he does anyway he goes kind of nazis like yeah red herring did this red herring did that and they're like dude you need to lay off and they're like, okay, tell you what, go 24 hours without claiming it was red herring. And we'll give you a Scooby snack or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, red herring's grandma's bike goes missing and all the clues point to red herring as they do. And yeah, it turns out this whole time it was actually red herring. And you know what? This is one of the episodes, one of the things that a pup named Scooby-Doo, it was kind of its feature was that, you know, the reactions of the characters would always be big freakouts. Like their their hair would pop off and they'd run away and their hair would follow them or something like that. Or like, you know, their tongues would burst out of their mouths or, or something like that. Fred's reaction to Red Herring being the actual perpetrator, that's it's not big enough. It, it should He should be in an asylum after this. <laughs> the one day he never claims it's Red Herring, it's actually Red Herring. Well, they had to improvise because they had to take out the scene where he tries to hang himself in their treehouse. Yeah, I gotta tell you. I've, oh, also, you know who never showed up in this episode? Jeeves. Boy, I don't the remember butler. who that is. That I was, hated uh, the show even as a kid. I gotta tell, I think I liked it a little bit as a kid, but I don't know why. I think I liked it because compared to the original Scooby-Doo, I thought the pop Which Scooby-Doo trashed. was better. Yeah, because all... Every iteration of Scooby-Doo was bad until that Johnny Bravo episode. I love that episode more than almost any episode of any TV show I've ever seen. Like, it's a top five episode of any TV show ever. I'm just happy you agree. Because at one point I realized that, you know, you go back, you watch a lot of cartoons from our childhood, and if you had tried to tell me that this was actually a good episode, I was going to fucking lose my mind. 
you know my favorite thing is that it i uh i downloaded it from somewhere and it's it's part of a two-parter because it's like an 11 minute long episode in a 22 minute pack you know episode back to back it's uh back to back with that I, I think you remember the episode where uh johnny has to learn manners in some sort of musical form from some short bald guy you remember that right <laughs> yes like sensitivity and stuff like that you know who wrote that episode is that a Seth MacFarlane joint? Yes, it is. Seth MacFarlane cutting his teeth. And uh, honestly, you can kind of tell this is the best thing that Seth MacFarlane probably ever did. Because some of the jokes in there are really, really clever. My dad still laughs at a line that I think is really fun. I'm going to try to use more often. And uh, I think uh, it goes something like this. He's like, you see, Johnny, your problem is you're too masculine. And he says, isn't that a little bit like being too ethical? <laughs> that's that's a really good line i love that but the scooby-doo episode oh my god every single line is funny like what i have to get stuck with jughead <laughs> or <laughs> that which i still like uh or my glasses i can't be seen without my glasses <laughs> he calls jinkies a breakfast cereal which already i'm in you know uh you understand what that dog says which already is just just by itself that's a funny line or or, or hearing Casey Kasem finally say, dig this crazy broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So what is your favorite episode of a pup named Scooby-Doo? I don't think there are any good ones. Correct. If uh, you were Fred at the end of this out. episode, wouldn't you just never speak to these people ever again? Well, yeah, that's you know that's a good point. I, I don't know. Whoa, did he have the hots for, for Daphne and this or something? I sure hope not, because they're tiny babies. Uh, yeah, you know. Also, it was kind of weird hearing Casey Kasem uh, doing a, actually sounding kind of old doing the voice of a young Shaggy, and then realizing he plays Shaggy's father in the new series in the Mystery Incorporated, and he's only around for five episodes before he finally croaked. Oh my God. So, yeah, and he sounds like on his very last legs. You know, like. Watching this in 2017, watching Fred just run around screaming about how everything adds up to being red herring. It's literally just these fucking alt-right chuds who just, like, talk about black crime statistics. Oh, yeah. Or and store like, friends since they're eat sandwiches. Exactly. Talking about, like, Jews control the media and stuff like that. You know, it's... The gun laws in Chicago, and yet black-on-black <laughs> crime. Therefore, <laughs> like, Fred, are you cool? <laughs> Oh god, I never even put that together. Okay. Um, <laughs> the episode wasn't doing a lot for me. <laughs> so it somehow didn't hold your attention? That was a very long ten minutes, but promises were made. It was either ten minutes of this or four hours of the shining, so we pivoted. Yeah, you know what? I think we made the right call because Look, what better way to honor Stephen King month than to totally whiff the ending of it? That's okay, that's also a very good point. Um now, last thing about The Shining is that that's one of the ones where it, it is kind of a panic where you start to realize that there's really nothing to talk about. And at least with every single movie that we've seen so far, there's been something to talk about. So when I originally was thinking about how we're going to record the podcast, what I really wanted to do was start like this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. And what the fuck did I just watch? Because <laughs> Halloween 3 is... I, I I don't really know the words here. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of at a loss. I'm very glad I'm not reviewing this on paper, because how could you? I what you know, what do you say? Well, first of all, 
thank you to you and Alex for both saying, yeah, you don't have to watch the, you don't have to watch the first Halloween movies. They have nothing to do with this. And I'm sorry I didn't listen to you guys because <laughs> guess what? Michael Myers doesn't even show up. Aren't uh, you happy we didn't spoil literally anything? You got to experience this. I am very happy. I I did know going in that it does have nothing to do with the first two movies. Uh, but, Jesus Christ. So, when you hear something like Halloween 3, by this point you're expecting low-ass budget. You're, you're expecting, like, another retread. You're expecting, like, oh, it's the same old shit. Oh, here's a spooky twist or something like that. Th- this movie is not that movie. Uh, this, this movie is very much its own movie. I think... One of the most entertaining, one of the funniest things about it is the fact that they call it Halloween Three. This isn't I. This isn't a Halloween movie. This is a season of the Witch movie. It is. It is very much its own tier. It is the Tokyo Drift of the Halloween series, and it, it just sort of sits there on its own. And I, I was. I think Alex said that he likes it more than the first movie. I can't possibly compare this to the first movie. They're just so completely different. Like you said, it's not a Halloween movie, nor are there any witches in this movie. So uh, it's a season of the movie. I suppose there is technically witchcraft in there, but... To, we will get oh, to it, uh, Yeah, we Yes, we will. Hey, so remember in the Tommyknockers episode I brought up that he directed this? You're like, so what? The third Halloween movie? I will take your formal apology written whenever. Uh, well, you know, I had no idea. I really had no I know idea. No, you didn't. Oh, we also did Fright Night, know. which is somewhere in between these, I suppose. But really, what it comes down to is this. Now, again, you little guys here, behind the scenes, what it's like to edit. You've all heard this sound effect before. Hi. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive. The, one of the... You guys should know where I got that from. I got it from a trailer for Maximum Overdrive. Every single... T- I didn't do something very smart when I edited it. What I should have done is I should have just cut out the part where he says, I'm going to scare the hell out of you, and just, you know, hold, hold on to that file and put it at the start of the episode. You know, we're, we're in good shape. Uh, instead, what I did is I just left the entire, like, two, three-minute trailer intact, and every single time I would just put it in here, search for that one spot, and, you know, find it. Now, the effect of this is, A, it took me a little bit longer to edit, but... B, what it does is I know that entire trailer by heart now. I I know exactly who says what where, and I know the exact music that plays. It is music from Halloween 3. I'm pretty sure the exact opening of Halloween 3 matches up perfectly with the trailer to Maximum Overdrive. I'm 90% sure, because it starts off with this... I, I could just put in, like, the opening there. It That's... From Maximum Overdrive. I didn't even have to rip off the soundtrack from Halloween 3. So, which, by the way, I like the soundtrack. I mean, John Carpenter came back for it. He better love it. Fuck yeah. Which, by the way, uh, you know, again, before the movie starts, he and Deborah Hill are listed as producers. I'm kind of curious, like, the extent of their involvement here. Because people don't seem to understand what producer means in, uh, you know, film production. Uh, speaking as someone who's been a producer before, it kind of means like a little bit of everything. You know, you have control over the final product. Executive producer means you put your money behind it, but producer means like you got like a whole bunch of involvement. Uh, like think about the original Halloween. It was originally called the Babysitter Murders, but the producer changed the name to Halloween. He's like, well, you know, we'll tie it in. No one's ever done it before. And it was a good idea. Sometimes producers could really fuck up a movie, but you know, 
I mean, a producer kind of has his hand everywhere. He's not directing it, but he's guiding the production in some way. Parker, what are your feelings on Deborah Hill? Uh, Writer <laughs> of the original Halloween and The Fog. I feel like she's involved with all of his good movies, and then once he started making garbage, I never heard from her again. Oh, she probably made a whole bunch fair. of other good stuff. You know, the thing that I really like most about Deborah Hill is you go back and watch the first Halloween. Sorry, guys, I'm going to be mentioning this a lot. One of the reasons it works so well is that the dialogue between the the girls at the start of the and throughout the film is so good. It is so realistic. It's one of the things that the Alex would actually like uh, mention is like, you know, the idea of men writing dialogue for women. This is how girls talk. And it's obviously not that's that's why they had deborah hill write all the female dialogue is that she is a girl she knows how they talk and some of this is like actual life experiences for them that's why jamie lee curtis is so likable in that movie whereas i couldn't stand her in true lies but in halloween it's just like wow she's mature beyond her years she seems like a real you know tangible human being so that's one of the reasons that i i really like deborah hill correct you keep setting me up like you're Boy, I really don't. Question. It's really fucking with me. I don't even know if we're going to keep this. Okay, so back to the credits. What was your favorite credit in Halloween 3? Uh, when I saw Dean Cundy's name come up and I was like, oh, this is actually going to be a good movie. Yeah, he's a, he's actually a really good DOP. So good to good to have an experience. What a coincidence a that he's there on every single good '80s Carpenter movie, and then disappears in the '90s when things fall apart. Now, speaking of being really good in the '80s and disappearing in the '90s, don't you dare! Let's don't talk say about it. let's talk about Tom Atkins, my beautiful, sweet Tom Atkins. Now, I I mean I'm no I'm not Mr. Perfect over here, kind of close. But one of the things I'm kind of self conscious about is I've got a really big face. Uh, I'm not exactly Robert Zadar over here, but I just, I know I've got a big meaty face and it's just one of the things I got to live with. Uh, watching John Carpenter movies, I know it's going to be okay because he'll cast guys like Tom Atkins and Kurt Russell and, you know, it's 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 going to be all right because they got big faces and they're big Hollywood actors, so I still have a chance to make someone. One's a big Hollywood actor and one is a Hollywood actor. Yeah, okay, all right, fine. Uh, but I went back and looked in Tom Atkins' filmography, and it's weird. If you go on Wikipedia, it says he was in every movie ever made in the 80s. So hey, that's pretty good work cool. if you can get it, man. Yeah, uh, well, good work. I mean, these were still the 80s. But uh, let me, you know, let us see if you ever heard any of these. The Fog, Escape from New York, Creep Show, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Night of the Creeps, Lethal Weapon, Maniac Cop. I mean, uh, you can just run the fucking convention circuit forever off those movies alone. Oh, hell yeah. So, I mean, you know, shout out to Tom Atkins. He's, you know, he's a pretty good actor. So, uh, I, you know, I, I like someone who's that good. So, it's, it's nice seeing his name. And, uh, anyway, the, the movie starts and, uh, we, we do have to go through this scene by scene. We have to. This is... How, how do we how do we do this here so there's, there's hashtag a, a lot going on here uh because i i went in and i only watched this once guys i only watched it the one time you were mistake i i know watched it right after a 10 hour shift at work so already i was exhausted my eyes were fucking bleeding watching this and i'm like okay i gotta stay up i gotta do it I gotta do it I gotta do it and there's a shop owner right um he's running away from some unseen people 
and he's holding a mask, uh, which I'll get to think about the mask there. And anyway, he gets driven to a hospital. Remember that episode of Mystery Science Theory 3000 with Robert Zadar and Joe Estevez called Soul Taker? Just reminded me Soul of that episode. Taker. That's exactly one of the things that comes to mind. But besides the summer fest, <laughs> that really old guy with the blues going, enjoy the balloon. That was really <laughs> funny to me. Anyway, uh, so he's he's driven to the hospital and he's like, they're going to kill us all. They're going to kill us all. And I'm uh, like, ah, what we got to do is call up Dr. Daniel Chalice. Uh, played by Tom Atkins in a mustache. Can we talk about his mustache? It's so fucking good. Oh, it, it can. What happened? All right, what happened to this era where we appreciated a good mustache? Dennis Eckersley, Tom Atkins, uh, Burt Reynolds, as soon as Tom Selleck. into frame. You're like, there's no fucking way this is our main character. Oh, that's, I mean, because we so are good. just blessed, all right? I mean, this fucking, like, look at like this guy. You go into Halloween 3, you're like, all right, is it going to be Michael Myers? Are we going to get Dr. Loomis? Are we going to get Laurie Strode? No, just Tom Atkins sulking into frame and being a shitty dad. Oh, a shitty dad, also an alcoholic. Uh, he buys his kids the worst masks ever. And like, no, 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 we already got them from... Silver Shamrock. This movie really does a good job of portraying Irish people. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like, really does a good way of creating a brain worm. Uh, Alex said something along the lines of, oh, that, that song, that jingle from the commercial is going to be stuck in your head. Correct. Uh, it's it's not. Um, he's wrong because it's just London Bridge is falling down. If I was six years old, maybe it'd be caught in my head, but... It's, you say they, that now, but after the second hour of you editing it into this podcast, you're going to want to blow your brains out. That's a good point. Pinky promise. <laughs> 30 more seconds till this episode ends. Episode ends. Episode ends. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to be upset by that. Anyway, that, that keeps playing and stuff like that. And he's chased by some guy in a suit again i keep thinking about soul taker remember that episode <laughs> joel estevez and they even they even had a uh, tv's frank come back on that episode anyway um, estevez month continues here <laughs> so we get to watch Warwolf next um <laughs> so absolutely fascinating i love how she likes says like here's a wind up and the pitch, Warwolf? ladies and gentlemen, you have got to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000. Anyway, back down. One well, might say it's better than this show. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, Tom Atkins is trying to take care of this guy, doesn't know what's going on. Uh, lights out. Well, first of all, before that, he did you see him slap that nurse on the ass? How could I not? <laughs> he I was sexually just... assaults like eight different women. I know. He's immediately... calling his wife from a payphone like, nah, I can't come home for Halloween, sorry. <laughs> He's like, oh, I should have married you. Hey, I'm serious. He, and she's like, hey, I play for keeps. I was just like, oh, boy, this would not fly today. This is not okay. Uh, well, so that fair, may be uncomfortable. It literally wouldn't fly because you see that mustache coming and you fucking turn 180 degrees and you go a different direction. Oh. Oh, I left a file back here. Sorry. Huh, maybe you. Huh, I, uh, I turned 360 degrees and power walk over to him. <laughs> I want his hands all over me. <laughs> so uh the the shop owner is sleeping and he still has his little uh mask with him which i gotta tell you i'd probably let go of it at some point <laughs> it's not a very good mask and this guy comes over the suit and tie like he owns the place just walks right in <laughs> and now pause here you knew he was probably gonna die yeah what did you think was going to happen i and then how did it actually happen 
like, if you want my honest thoughts, I thought it was going to be like in Soul Taker, where he just takes out his soul, <laughs> and there's the movie's just on the brain. But uh, so he he goes up and he's like he puts his hand over his mouth. I'm like, oh, he's going to suffocate him. Then he raises his fist above his head. I'm just like, oh, he's going to punch him. And then his fingers come out. And he was like, oh, he, no, no, no. He just reaches it. Is he not quite gouging out the guy's eyes? But he like opens up his skull a little bit or something like that. <laughs> and that guy dies. Skull apart with his bare hands. Yeah. So that whole scene happens so that guy is dead he is he is very very dead and tom atkins has to chase down the man with the two fingers uh <laughs> now i gotta tell you so I, I see him running away and tom atkins first of all this dude was not built to run this guy is not a runner he is a lifter uh just i mean you say cardio to him and he's like never heard of her and the so the guy he gets away he gets in his car i'm like okay you gotta run down take down the license plate and then there's a twist in this movie i didn't quite see coming the guy instead of starting the car which would that's usually what i do to get away from someone if they're like chasing me i uh, takes out an entire can of gas which he just had conveniently lying there as you do uh pours it all over himself and gives himself the buddhist protester treatment right there just barbecues himself right there and say hey anyone order extra crispy uh that was one hell of an explosion. That's one hell of a fire. I mean, I got to tell you, I didn't dislike it. I was just like, points for creativity. I don't know if he's going to be able to tell his boss, like, hey, boss, I took care of that thing for you. But, uh, he, it, boy, he burned his ass up. So, How confused were you at this point? Very. Very, very <laughs> confused. How confused were you for the remainder of the movie? Uh... <laughs> also I very is the correct confused. answer yeah uh, so uh you know tom atkins witnesses all this and i feel i feel about as confused as he does he's just like oh boy this is going to be a lot of paperwork uh, i guess i'm not going home tonight so he immediately calls home and says look i can't watch the kids tonight no no you don't understand two people died and i, th I think you hear in the background his wife says you're in a hospital <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh he's just like look you Two people died, I'll watch the kids next week or something like that. It just hangs up on her. Uh, <laughs> spoilers, Tom Atkins never gives a shit about it's his It's a recurring kids. theme of him just on a payphone. Honey, what do you want me to do, okay? And then hanging up angrily and walking off with a six-pack. Yeah, meanwhile, she's screaming at him, too. So, uh, uh, family dynamics. And it's really good. Movie. He's a anyway. great dad. He's on, it's honestly my favorite part of this movie. Him uh, being the worst doctor slash father. Can I talk about my favorite part of the movie? So... Give myself and you a warning. Now you know oh, the last time something like this happened. Oh, uh, no. uh, I got somewhat obsessed with Satomi Ishihara, and you know she's uh, she she is still very very gorgeous. Uh, Satomi, if you're listening, uh, uh, I love you. Don't do it. Anyway, oh. uh, so I was going to speak like Japanese or something. Like, I like, thought yeah, you I were just like oh, oh I, I like learned some Japanese. I said like you know beat me and rest or something. Anyway. Uh, then, as, as the movie goes along, uh, Tom Atkins is just kind of chilling out, I think. He's not actually working on anything. And then, an absolute smoke show enters this movie. We gotta talk about Stacey Nelkin. Holy shit. I, I gotta preface this. I, I put it to you. My theory that no woman has ever been as gorgeous as Marisa Tomei was at the climax of uh, My Cousin Vinny 
Stacey Nelkin in this movie throughout is just really close. She is just, I don't understand what it is. She is just drop-dead gorgeous. Well, the important question is, about how old would you say she's supposed to be in this movie? That's a very good question. Uh, that's going to play a pivotal role later. That uh, This entire time, actually, it is very unclear throughout the entire movie how old she is. You know and what? they do let's bring it say, up. Let's, let's cap it at about 22, just to be fair. Uh, I will, I'll give a little spoiler. She was 23 when she filmed it. 22, oh, 23. Boy. So, oh, no. Yeah. So she comes oh, by boy. and she's like, oh, that was my dad. And uh, Tom Atkins is just like, hold up. I was a doctor here. Look, I'm all fucked up because I just saw a guy immolate himself. And your dad just got his face turned into a Halloween mask. No offense. So what's what's going on here? He's like, he's like Greg Sestero in the room. He's like, hey. <laughs> What's going on here? And she's just like, okay, tell you what, we're going to go on an adventure. Uh, let's go investigate stuff, and they, they go bring to her to the hospital to identify her broken skull dad, and he's just sizing her up like, say... Sounds like someone needs a new dad in their life. Say. Anyway, uh, so they go to the, the store where her father worked, and there's all the... <laughs> Actually, the you're thing. skipping over from one of my favorite parts. Oh, uh, what was it? Tom Atkins sitting alone in the bar. Angry and confused watching cartoons. <laughs> and then the most uh, important That wasn't immediately identifiable. <laughs> is that she walks in like, oh, you're here. The nurse said you would be here. Which means she was like, hey, nurse, where do I find the doctor? They're like, drowning uh, in was it Friday? Oh, yeah, he'll be alone in that dive bar. And sure as shit, he's by himself glaring at cartoons. <laughs> then they change it to football and, uh, you know. It's the little details in this movie mm-hmm. that really get me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so they're like, yeah, let's go investigate it. And they go to his store, and there's all the masks from Silver Shamrock. And uh, this is kind of a, a problem with the movie for me is it's, despite being fucking extremely difficult to understand the first time around, just like, boy, this is so bizarre, <laughs> it is kind of easy to guess what's going on. Like, you get the idea. It's like, Oh, this is this must be some sort of like mind control thing with like the masks, and they're going to mass produce it, and they can, they're going to do something to the kids, or you know, or they're going to try to control the kids with the masks or something like that. Close. <laughs> yeah, Close well, no cigar, buddy. Yeah, but either way, it's like the idea is like all the kids want the masks, right? One of my problems here, and I thought more about it, and I have an excuse for it, is, uh, well, b- basically, uh, all the masks look the same they got only three different variations they have the pumpkin who's gonna buy the pumpkin one that one looks stupid no. they got the witch slash goblin i can't tell which is which hey, uh nice pun up top anyway uh we also have the the skull one which i like that's cool uh you know hey admin from uh the share zone message me <laughs> and uh you know I, it's you know I'm I'm kind of into that one, but like they they're all mass produced. They all look the same. One of the things I really like about Halloween is the creativity. Like you got all these like really creative outfits. That's why this year's Halloween you're going to see everyone dressed as Pennywise and more slutty Harley Quinns, baby. No, we're going to see more it of those. Never when, ends. We're going to see more of those when fucking was it Gotham Sirens comes out or something like that. Oh, you'll know when you're sitting in the theater. <sighs> just fucking chained up like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> will you in, Mr. Yeah. J? 
<laughs> Shut up. Anyway, it's like my problem was that like kids wouldn't go for that. They would try to be more creative. But then I saw later on uh, a scene. I'm, I'm skipping kind of ahead. Uh, the the mask get really popular. There's a girl who I'm pretty sure is dressed up like a ballerina, and she's fucking wear the the pumpkin mask. It doesn't go with her costume, but it's just like, yeah, I, I gotta have it. And it makes me think, remember when Pokemon Go came out and even people who were just like, yeah, I'm not really into Pokemon, they were like, I gotta play it because it's, it's out and everyone else is doing it. This movie, if nothing else, totally nails what consumerism is uh, for America. It, it came out in 1982, so, you know, height of consumerism here. It, it just, it totally understands what it means to be like, gotta buy it, gotta buy it. Everyone else has it, gotta buy it. I'm so excited because you're going to have to insert the audio of Pokemon Go to the polls and you're going to ruin your own night. Oh, God damn it. You're right. I will have to. It's Because, it, it, again, it, I mean, think about it like this. Remember Tickle Me Elmo? That wasn't even a really good toy, but everyone had to have it. And why did she have to have it? Because she has to have it. If, you know, if the person next to me has to have it, I got to have it. This must be really good. This is the same reason that fidget spinners get so popular. No one actually likes the fidget spinners, but everyone else has one. It means I got to get I don't get, get my garbage kid that Turbo Man. He will never speak to me again. That movie isn't actually any good. Anyway, so we move on. Yeah. And <sighs> Boy, looks like we have a free week here in December. Let me just... Oh, God. Why have I... Chug it, chug it, chug it. Uh, I consider I've, myself the booster of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> that movie does totally suck ass. Of course it does, except for one thing, which is Tom Arnold <laughs> eating his cookies. Wait, that was Tom Arnold? <laughs> Tom Arnold is the creepy neighbor trying to move in on Arnold's wife. No, no, it isn't. That's Wait, not... no, I, did I say Tom Arnold's? I'm yeah. tired. Dude, me too. Cut it all, I don't care. I'm so ready to sleep after this. Anyway, <laughs> so uh... So, okay, enough of us confusing the act, the tertiary actors in <laughs> Just uh, cut the Jingle All the Way. Tribe. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm going to leave that in. Oh. Yeah, he's going to understand what we're doing here. That's fair. You're not a real fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger because he didn't know who was in it. Anyway, so they you go to this... That's fair. You can, you can have that. <laughs> so they go to this small town called Santa Mira. She says, yeah, it's a small town not far from here. Well, he lives in the, in that town. He should know about it. So they go to Santa Mira. It is teeny tiny it is basically like when i lived in korea did you know i live by oh, samsung digital city which is basically like a city where a whole bunch of the samsung employees live i wasn't allowed in there because i'm not a samsung, a samsung employee so i mean it's it's like a whole little place for them to go and work and kind of it's like even even the the bosses of capitalism right now aren't ready for it they're just like oh well maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves uh but they have this in a Kind of a smaller way. So it's closer to like one of those mining towns up in Pittsburgh. Anyway, don't worry about it. So it's <laughs> it's called Silver Shamrock Novelties. Uh, Parker, do you have any Irish blood in you? Are you, are you setting me up to ask if I want any, sir? Uh, <laughs> I don't deal with propositions on the, on the air, okay? Oh, faith and begorda, there's a whole lot of Irish people in this movie. Oh, man, <laughs> that took way too long to get an offensive accent in. I'm proud of you. That's oh, such restraint. A, oh, who's offended? The thing about the Irish is that oh, they're, they're not offended by these sorts of things. I'm also from New England, dude, okay? You think I'm not from here? All right, come on. But, like... Yeah, dude, totes. Yeah, but, like, one of the things about uh, the Irish is, as far as I can tell, and the ones that I've talked to, is that they're not offended by almost any jokes about them. You can make your potato jokes. You can make your, you know, whiskey jokes. You can make your beat-your-wife jokes. But 
really they they're just like yeah we can take it on the chin no those blocks they like see they're <laughs> often, oh okay yeah, yeah like oh, all right maybe uh maybe maybe some wounds cut a little bit deeper than others <laughs> but uh i will admit this there is one thing that every irishman gets offended over and when i say this about every irishman i mean every person in america who thinks they have a little bit of irish in them gets offended over is the way they say saint patrick's day like actually comma it's saint patty's day with the d's and he, it's like basically what they're trying to say is you can't celebrate it for real unless you have like a little bit of irish blood like you've never fucking been to ireland dude anyway i, I just i parted with some weird people so i love the things I, you choose a grandstand on it makes I, me so happy it, i don't know it's these little things that bug me i'm gonna drink my guinness and be happy about it <laughs> also whiskey sour whiskey sour is a great drink so can we discuss how they decide to come to this little town which is Tom Atkins getting on a payphone going, he has a doctor's convention hanging up on her and then grabbing a six-pack of road sodas while that lady oh drives to God. investigate I'm her dead dad. I'm so glad that you pulled that up because I got to <laughs> tell you, man, what what a, what, a, what a weird like thing. It's just, that was the scene that really helped for me. It was like, this dude sucks as a dad. <laughs> just a six-pack sitting on top of the payphone as he's lying about investigating this dead girl's dad who she keeps calling Papa, which first red flag <laughs> get the fuck out of there <laughs> oh this is my papa shop yeah i gotta go home <laughs> he's lying to his wife so he can go cheat on her with a 23 year old and investigate uh, uh, irish mascot uh, how many times have you seen this movie because you just made a big mistake dude oh no this is ex-wife oh god really yeah why is he still whatever why is yeah. he calling her every five minutes because the kids yell are, at her because the kids are there fuck that he doesn't yeah. look like he would care about his kids evidently i saw he, those masks yeah <laughs> that's a good point yeah but those really those are those are the kids and they're like over there so uh yeah they're over there and they get over there and they're like they find this little motel you know i've always kind of liked the idea of a motel but motels kind of <laughs> suck don't they even when they like look kind of twee on the outside you get inside you're still like oh this is still a motel isn't it you know i do uh, love cockroaches yeah well you know there's that uh, that weird guy who let them in there oh welcome to our town you know you and the little woman there the way he puts his big meaty arm around her i was just like oh wow they're really selling this <laughs> so, like, my wife and i it's like okay movie whatever <laughs> you say I, I definitely saw that coming, first of all. I knew that they were going to have yeah, to do it. Now, this is where it gets kind of weird. Fooling. This is where it gets kind of... I, I have to admit, I kind of liked it, because this is just really funny to me. So, so far, these two don't really have any chemistry. They're just like, let's go solve a mystery, gang. And they get in there like, okay, your father was definitely here at this time. We were like, okay, we should do this. We should investigate later. I'm going to be like, she's like, well, Scott Renner. He's like, honestly, I'm kind of tired. I got to take a load off. She's like, okay, you know, I'm... I'm into it, whatever. And uh, he's like, so, uh, I, uh, you know, I, you know, kind of tired, maybe trying to sleep. I mean, maybe I should get another room. She's like, that would be suspicious. He's like, well, I mean, you know, you're a lady, I'm a gentleman, you know, maybe I could sleep in the car. It's uh, more comfortable than the floor. And she's like, where do you want to sleep? And uh, he just stares at her for a solid 15 <laughs> seconds. And I'm just, I, I mean, you look at her and I'm just like, I'm seriously chanting out loud, do it, 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 do it. And he sits down on the bed and starts kissing her. I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was, I meant like lay awkwardly next to her and don't touch her. <laughs> he just gets on there. It's like, he sees that this woman needs a father figure and he just, ooh, 
My favorite thing it's is you watch her eyes as he starts to press his big ass face into hers. She is not ready for that much meat. <laughs> There's so much head coming at her. Yeah, it's just a. She's a. You know, so. Anyway, uh, so they're kind of cute together. And. <laughs> A classic meat cute. Her dad's skull is ripped apart, and he's this lecherous old drunk follows her. So basically, if I hadn't made it clear, this town that they're in, Silver, I'm going to call it Silver Shamrock City, uh, they make the Halloween masks, which are really popular. I got to tell you, the 80s were just, that, that's just whatever. Hey, by the way, movie about haunted Halloween masks, and none of them is the Michael Myers mask? Try again. Sorry. I mean, there's that. Uh,. You know, there was also the episode of Goosebumps that dealt with haunted masks. Um, oh, yeah, someone should, like, finish that, huh? Yeah, well, I, I, well you know, we'll see about it. Anyway, uh, so they, so there's a, a curfew notice, right? They're like, hey, after 6 o'clock, everyone inside. And both of our heroes decide to ignore that, and they go Cut out. to Tom Atkins wandering the streets at night with a bottle of booze. And he meets who I can only assume is... Uh, a somewhat sober Tom Waits, uh, who's like, "Hey, I noticed the bottle looked kind of heavy." I was just like, "That's kind of a funny line." He just, "Hey, don't, can I drink? I don't have any diseases." When someone says that to you, you say, "I'm kind of saving this for a friend." You don't let them drink from your bottle. He's just like, "Yeah, go ahead." I wasn't thinking about diseases, but now that you said it, it's all I'm thinking about. Exactly. So <laughs> anyway, I don't have a disease. He's like, "All right, well, it checks out to me." The doctor. <laughs> so ahead. Tom Waits, who. First of all, Alex, I know he doesn't look like Tom Waits. He doesn't sound like Tom Waits. He isn't Tom Waits. There's no reason I should be calling him Tom Waits. I don't know. That just I don't know. It's a hat or something like that. Just hey, makes if it feels Tom right. Waits. It feels right. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess. Anyway, so he's going to lock. He gets chased through like a junkyard. He makes a cheese whiz and a white bread sandwich and tries to eat that. Anyway, he comes across like two people who uh, kill him. And this is like one of my first actual problems with the movie. It's the sound effect where he gets his head torn off. It's a terrible sound effect. Did you hear it? Yes, this silly drunk homeless man talks shit about this town and the guy who runs it and gets his head ripped clean off his body. But it, it sounds like a, oh, a, a boot in the mud. It just sounds like... And it's just like, that's not the right sound effect. There should be there should be more there to it. So, I don't know. I, I hated that sound effect. It just really bugged me. It was just like, that's that's the wrong sound effect. Uh, meanwhile, on another side of town, uh, we have Stacey Nelkin, who, by the way, just gorgeous. Have I mentioned that? So, she's going along to, I guess, just get a Coke. Um, and uh, That's something you do in the 80s. You just wander the streets at night looking for a Coke. Yeah, they don't. They don't have like a vending machine nearby. Whatever. So she meets a woman named Marge. Uh, her, she's played by uh, an actress who. Did you check the credits? I did not. She's played by an actress whose real name is Garn Stevens. That's fucking awesome. Tom Atkins' real wife, by the way. That's even better. <laughs> and uh, they're talking and, and joking. And, and Stacy, uh, Stacy Nelkin, very. I'm not gonna call her Ellie Gim Grimbridge because that's even dumber than Garden Stevens. Mm -hmm. uh, she very clearly wants to get away. She really clearly wants to get back to the uh, apartment. And then there's the shower scene. Oh, and like she gets out, and you can see the silhouette, and she got the she towel. wraps herself in a blanket like a fucking moron. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, let me tell you something here. Yeah, well, as soon as she wraps herself in... So she has, like, the towel just in front of her body. I was like, oh, yeah. And then she wraps herself with the blanket. I was like, uh, actually, you're wet. So... I mean, 
Yeah, just wrap your naked body in that motel blanket, I guess. Oh, that's a, okay. Good point. I never even thought about that. But uh, so we get to, I just thought about this, you know. For, we get to, as guys, we get to look at Stacey Nelkin for the entire movie, but the ladies, they really went out. They get to look at Tom Atkins. And there's a lot of Tom Atkins to look at because his head is, is panoramic. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. They also meet this really obnoxious family. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, the fate they receive is so delicious. I mean, there's that, but God, you know, I'm not saying I have anything against the populace of the United States, but did you ever play Twisted Metal 4? Of course I did. Remember the Joneses? Oh my <laughs> it's God. Basically them. Oh uh, man, this little kid meets the creeper in a real bad way. As soon as. as so- <laughs> That's good. That's real good. As Thank soon you. as that kid comes in, you're just like, oh, I hate that kid. Hope he gets murdered. And you're just like, oh, hey, but it's a kid. He's just like, no, nah, this one, it's okay. You know, it's just really obnoxious. You don't like the wife. You don't like the husband. It's just, ah, forget them. So, uh, so the you know, Tom Atkins and Stacey Nelkin just get done having sex. And, like, that fucking commercial plays again. And it's like, I can't imagine anything that kills me faster than two more days to Halloween. Just two regular consenting humans. One adult, one technically an adult so they're having sex for i guess the second or third time which hey i'm into you know yeah Uh, me too i do love having sex with women a lot yeah exactly so boy this is gonna be hard to i just realized anyway uh so marge in the other room is reading some sort of book with uh classical music playing in the background (laughs) uh as you do and well she gets i have to admit she gets laser beamed by a token uh, I have to admit, it was around the time that the trademark shot a laser beam into the woman's mouth, and I realized I have no idea how bobby pins work. She just <laughs> takes a bobby pin out of her hair, and I'm like, I don't even know what that was doing there. I was just really distracted. And then it cuts to Tom Atkins in mid-motorboat. Yeah, for those following at home, this moon-faced old doctor, alcoholic with beer breath and furious whiskey dick, is fucking a teenager looking for her dead dad. While in the other room, large Marge's face gets melted by a laser that came from a mask. So, everything's going great. At this point, Tom Atkins was 47 and Stacey Delkin was 23. In case you guys didn't feel gross enough. Uh, Hey, you know what made me feel gross? Just that slow, sensual shot of him sucking on her titty. Yeah, uh, he was right in between. She was just like, hey, I think I heard something next door. And and he's just like... And, And so... I think it's after the first or second or eighth time they uh, fuck each other. Uh, he's like, God, aren't you tired? And she's just like, nope. And uh, he's like, hey, wait a minute. How old are you? And she's like, don't worry. I'm older than I look. I was like, that's not a number. That's Yeah, let's see. Two forms of ID. Let's, what are we doing here? Yeah. Let's call up your dad. And, oh, wait. So no. they're like, okay, back to, back to work here. Uh, they're like, well... <laughs> Let's go, I guess, go to the... They go to the factory next, right? Sounds about right. Okay. There's a lot of... I remember a lot of this movie. I didn't remember how slow that second act is of investigating things. I'll be honest with you. It is definitely really slow, but I think they I think they kind of do it on purpose, right? So they, yeah. they go I think to after the, the emotional high of him scraping his mustache on her titty while a woman gets her face melted. Which girls you know, really you, like. You need a cool down. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, anyway. I'm sure they do. I will let you know when that happens to me. Okay. Uh, it, it sounds like it could be fun. Anyway, uh, they, they're so. in the factory, and they got... Who is that British guy? Is Dan O'Herlihy? 
as Connell Cochran. Isn't it the most perfect name? A dad O'Hurley. An old Irishman named Dan O'Hurley. <laughs> there would be a better one. It's the name of the kid from the Boston uh, parades with, like, I've seen 112 championships and I'm only eight or something like that. We do, it's not his real name, but we always call him Patrick McGillicuddy. <laughs> Is that how they keep winning all these championships? <laughs> Silver Cochran and the Silver Shamrocks. <laughs> the power. First of all, <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this. We'll get. To it. Uh, I have to say this. So, like, first of all, uh, Dan O'Herlihy. I don't even think I'm saying it right. Sorry to uh, all the Irish people I know. Um, oh my god! I just thought of the best ending song for this. I oh, I no. have to play it. <laughs> oh, I've never been so proud of an ending theme in my oh, entire no. life. Uh, <laughs> oh man, the IRA is going to blow me up. So uh, they're they're in the the factory. This guy's giving them a guy to tour and everything, and he's showing them around and stuff like that. And they're like, "Who is this guy?" He's just like, "Don't you know him? He's the inventor of the practical joke." And he's like, "Yeah, he just goes real, he just goes along pranking people." Do you remember when Rupert Murdoch died? And, or <laughs> And uh, Clickhall had an article about now he's pranking women in heaven. <laughs> that, delove, that beloved puller of the practical joke is finally pranking women <laughs> in God's domain. <laughs> that's immediately all I could think about. <laughs> oh, God. So that's kind of shitty of me, but... Uh... <laughs> no, I mean, it's either that or the Irish toy maker making murder bots. That's a good point, too. Uh, so there's uh, another thing that happens. Uh, first of all, Tom Atkins... Oh, by the way, have we talked enough about Tom Atkins? Do we mention his mustache? Do we mention his big face? Do we mention him sucking on our tits? It's just the worst leading man ever. We forgot to mention so we get some prime Atkins ass. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, there we go. Delicious. Yeah. Anyway, so something for everyone. Something yeah, for everyone. Yeah, exactly. You know, something for the ladies and something for the men. So, Atkins ass for everybody. So mm -hmm. they're in the factory, and uh, that little brat is running around. I want to see how the fucking masks are made, and they you know, just running around. I was like, oh, I want that one. He points to the Halloween, uh, the the pumpkin mask that looks like all the other pumpkin masks. It's indistinguishable. It's like, yeah, I want that one. He's like, no, no, not that one. Try this one. He gets like a, an old, like wrinkly one that's in a bag. It's like this one's gone through all the final checks, and like immediately, I like I know it's like it's gonna have like that trademark with a laser beam in it, and like something's gonna happen. And the, what really gets me is the dad's like, oh, you know, trade secrets. I'd love to know what goes into that final check process. And immediately, two things come to my mind. It's like one, like he wouldn't reveal it, and two, it's probably like putting on a tag <laughs> with copyright information. Yeah. First of all. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Who could possibly care? And, but my favorite part is that uh, he's about to like go down the thing, and and Connell Cochran turns away and says, "Oh, you know, the final check involves volatile chemicals, so you know we wouldn't want anyone to get hurt." And the dad's like, "Oh yeah, you know, good point." It's like you just saw your kid put on a mask that involves <laughs> volatile chemicals, and you got nothing to say. The eighties were a different time, Chris. Try to understand. Now, I will admit, uh, I'm kind of going to be flying by the seat of my pants here because this is where my notes end, except for one final note. Uh, things get a little too crazy even for my notes. Let me help you out here. Okay. You know, the family gets here like, wow, these people are terrible. I hope something happens to that kid. Imagine my surprise when we see how the mask works. We get a live demonstration of him wearing the mask while watching the Silver Shamrock program. And his 
face gets crushed under the mask, and a bunch of crickets and snakes come out. Now, your uh, thoughts? Uh, my thoughts. I'm glad you asked because uh, two stories here. Uh, I'll tell them in reverse chronological order. Back before I went to South Korea, by the way, when I went to South Korea, God I worked at I worked at Pet, me. I worked at PetSmart, so I know the retail gig too, dude. Oh, dude, and nice. It's uh, it's not as much fun as it's cracked up to be. In fact, I worked in uh, the pet care section, which meant that my job was mostly looking at the fish, making sure the fish are still there, and getting bags of crickets for uh, nope. for uh, all the people Can't with reptiles. Cannot do it. Now, you say that. When I was a kid, I had a legitimate phobia of crickets. Um, now, I don't know how, and my parents never really understood either. They... They seemed to trace it back. They said it started appearing after I went to a zoo and an emu bit my finger. For some reason, I associated it with crickets. So as a little kid, again, I had a really serious phobia of crickets. And I don't have a fear of them right now, but it'd make me at least a little bit uncomfortable. So working in pet care was a lot of fun. So, by the way, crickets smell too. Lisa Packer. Anyway, Gross. so uh, that's that's my life right there. And seeing all those crickets coming out of that little boy's body, boy, if I had seen this as a kid, I'd be so much more fucked up than I already am. Yeah, that would absolutely break you as a child because that kid's face just gets melted underneath that mask. And, like, you don't see it, but you see enough. Yeah. So one of the other things about it is that like Tom Atkins here has discovered oh there's a terrible secret what's going on here uh, Stacy Delkin gets kidnapped he's going to try to you know go after her he gets but he gets apprehended by Colonel Cochran's men and Colonel Cochran's showing him around he's like this is my master plan and uh, Tom Atkins finally asks a question I've been uh, asking the whole time why and Colonel Cochran says do I need a reason? And I think I shouted yes. <laughs> <laughs> you need a reason to turn every child in America's face into crickets. I was like, that. if you don't come up with an answer, I'm going to be mad about it. I'll just say that. <laughs> and uh, it gets to a point where he's just like, yeah, yeah I was uh, doing a whole thing. Basically, First of all, he gives two reasons. Neither one of them is good. The first mm-hmm. is like, it'd be the ultimate prank. At this time, I would know all the children. I was just like, Good one. <laughs> the other is that he says, well, you know, remember the ancient tradition of Sam Hain on Halloween? It's like, what, from 300 years ago? No, kind of foggy on that one. Bring me back a bit. By it's the like, way, okay. it is my favorite thing how Dr. Loomis always calls it Sam Hain instead of Solwyn. Uh, which I'm going to call it Sam Hain, too. Sam Hain? Like, <laughs> don't you study this for a living? Isn't that your life? Anyway, uh... He's like, yeah, so this is witchcraft. We need blood sacrifice so we can control the earth in some way. I was just like, kind of vague, but okay, gyromancy. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but we're anyway, missing an important detail, Chris. Yeah. How are these masks powered? Uh, there's a little token on there? Stonehenge magic, my that's, friend. That's right. How they could still... you forget? It's a, it, yeah, they steal one of the stones that weighs five tons. You couldn't see the goes like, ones? It was very difficult getting this here. No other explanation. Yeah, I was, I was, as soon as he said it was real difficult there, it's like, yeah, show me. Show me. Show, don't uh, tell. Uh, okay, don't whatever. worry about it. I have robots, I guess. Or something. I couldn't even really tell. So the Irish toy maker who made a bunch of prank toys and like sticky toilet paper harnessed oh, the stop, power stop, of Stonehenge stop, 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 stop. to so, make so masks that murder children. When I started writing for this site and I wrote Santa Slay, <laughs> I did not know that we were going to get to the point where we'd be recording a podcast and saying these words to each other. 
isn't it like your whole life is built at this moment you call this a life then yeah um <laughs> i wouldn't call it living but yeah. we're here so we might as well make the best out of it so it's witchcraft that also uses androids apparently this was all deborah hill's idea so shout out to i'm not kidding it's kind of a good idea i i wouldn't have thought of it myself and i i, I don't know i actually think it's kind of well implemented you know witchcraft used with androids it's i don't know that i was scared during this but Kids would be. Kids would definitely be really scared by, by this. By the way, it's awesome that we spent the last month talking about Stephen King's coke-fueled ideas, but here, like, it's actually a pretty good idea. It's pretty creative. I like it. I don't know. I like it. Or at least it's well I like executed. it, too. <laughs> we go off on this dude for having shit worms, and mm-hmm. he's got fucking magic witchcraft androids with Stonehenge powers melting kids' skulls into snakes. We're like, it's a really good creative choice. It really, you know, sets it apart from the predecessors. Well, it could be worse. It could bring back Michael Myers. Anyway, uh, so... Tune in next week for 4 through 8. So, Tom Atkins is able to escape. I have to admit, this is kind of a complicated plan, you know, get all the masks, get really popular and stuff like that. I don't know. Somehow. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway... Not uh, one Ninja Turtles mask? Yeah, yeah. I don't fucking think so. Good point. But, well, this is 1982, so it would have been... Insert dumb thing children liked from that time period. What? What was popular in 1982? Certainly not the NFL. Cocaine and yeah. So okay. Cocaine. So cocaine mask. Anyway, so uh, they you know they are going along and they're like, okay, we'll get out of here. He. This movie's kind of a blur to me at the in the third act. Could you uh, do me a solid here? Well, they tie Tom Atkins down. Then he somehow escapes by doing the most incredible throw with the mask. That would never in a million years land on top of that camera. Believe it or not, the director got it on the first try. What the... I'm sure he did. I'm not kidding. Tom Atkins took it like a million tries, but the director just tried it like, have it, oh, just go like that. Just landed there. (laughs) I honestly need to pull the IMDb because I literally wrote down, I have no idea what the fuck is happening. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, see, I'm on Wikipedia. (laughs) I'm looking at him just like, oh, I remember that, I remember that. So basically, long story short, he rescues... Uh, Stacy Delkin, who, by the way, if you guys don't remember, she's really hot in this movie. And uh, they're driving away, and she's not doing anything, and then it turns out, oh, sorry, she was a fembot the entire time. Uh, what happened to the original <laughs> Stacy Nelkin? I don't know. So She's in hell. Don't worry she about went, it. She went on to make Yellowbeard. Which, by the way, Yellowbeard... God damn it! A movie so, no one likes but me. You me. But you she, me again. she plays Triola in that movie. She mm-hmm. would... I remember, I was like, it's just our story. It's like, she is a smoke. Who is she? Going right in the slideshow. Turns out she was also in this, so it's like, I'm glad she got a starring role, because she is gorgeous. Anyway, so... Well, you see, Tom Atkins foils his master plan by throwing a bunch of coins at them, or whatever happens. Yeah, um... To uh, which Connell Cochran looks at him, gives him a polite golf clap, and then explodes. (laughs) He just fucking disappears in a blue Stonehenge mist. It's like, alright, time to drive back to the city. That's where Tom Atkins realizes that she is in fact now a robot. Has to knock her head clean off her body. <laughs> and then we get to the very, very end. Well, hold up now, hold up. Uh, because, you know, with that whole Stacy Nelkin thing would be her head cut Will off. You and it's like leave this the, poor girl alone. No, 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 no. With like, with her, with her head cut off, it's like that was the most obvious effect where she's buried underground and there's a fake body right next to her. <laughs> That was so silly. Also, the part where she like puts her hand on his face and tries to distract him from driving. As soon as I saw, it, I was like, "That's not gonna work, honey." Like, that's you're gonna need both hands for that face. 
It's like trying to palm a basketball. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, you're going to need Rajon Rondo hands. Remember when he won a championship with the Celtics? So, hey, Rondo. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to put that audio effect in. Please. Anyway. So the movie is getting really close. I like. I would check to see how much longer does this movie have. Okay, it's getting near. So this is going to be the big explosive ending that's really good and explains everything. Uh, he goes to the gas station. He he calls up the TV station to turn <laughs> off the channels. I you, you can't. I, I work in TV. You can't just do this, okay? And he persuades them to take it off channels one and two, but not channel three. And he desperately yells into the telephone for. I think approximately 15 minutes turn it off stop it stop it turn it off stop it as the commercial begins to play on the television in front of him and it just it, it just he just keeps yelling and yelling and yelling turn it off turn it off stop it stop it just the entire time you're just like okay and what happens next and then boom, credits roll no refunds everyone is fucking dead well, no, 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 no. That was the original ending. The original ending, they were going to end it with the screams of millions of children. And then the director was just like, ah, but wouldn't it be like a little bit cooler if like you don't know what happened? No. No. No, it wouldn't be cooler. It's worse. You ever see Gone Girl? Don't answer that. Gone Girl has a terrible <laughs> ending. I fucking hate that ending. I remember I saw that with my girlfriend and we were just like, I, I stood up and I yelled at the screen, what? What? And she was like, Chris, come on, there are other people here. Mm-hmm. I was just like, are you kidding me? You call that an ending? It didn't even end. It's, that's the thing. It's, it's not an ending. The movie, this movie doesn't actually end. This movie's still going on somewhere. And, they just, and that's the thing is Tom Atkins gave me like an interview when the movie was made. He was just like, oh, I don't know how it ends yet because they filmed like four different endings. Use one of them. Just use one of well, the endings. The problem is you have to end it right there because you get into the question of, wait... Is it all like? Is it different time zones? Is it like? Is it ten o'clock in that time zone, or is it just all around the world? Is it just going off at three a.m. in parts of the world? Or? That's there's that too. You know, are they doing this in Japan? Is this all part of some sort? Okay, that reminds me. They, so they go to the lab. That immediately reminded me of the lab from uh, Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been like an even better part? Of, would this movie have been even better if those guys had been in it? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this this weird-ass Stonehenge magic. Uh, can you imagine what the guys at accounting are doing? Oh, the bean counters. Anyway. I can't believe this movie centers on Stonehenge magic. Yeah. So, uh, thoughts about this movie? The, it's so good. Now, believe it or not, you think about the... Again, we got to go back to the first Halloween. It was savaged by critics like Pauline Kael. First of all, fuck Pauline Kael. Uh... <laughs> And not just for her review of Halloween, but also for about a million other things that she said. But one of the reviews that really helped it was a four-star review from none other than Roger Ebert. And it was like, hey, if Ebert liked it, then, you know, maybe it's pretty good. So everyone went to say it, it became like the biggest independent movie of all time. And it, it was it was really big for uh, Carpenter's career. He's like, yeah, I could make whatever I wanted then. And he was just like, okay, at some point, I guess I have to make Halloween 3 somehow. And uh, this one appears on Roger Ebert's most hated list. I'm not making that up. That's ridiculous. I totally agree. like six worst sequels in this franchise alone. I think it's just so odd that this could be on anyone's most hated list unless you're like a huge, huge fan of of uh, Michael Myers himself. And that's the thing is that you know Ebert and Roper, they really hated the Friday the 13th series. They, and so oh, do yeah. I. I. I hate it too. I hate it about as much as they do. I think it's terrible. They're just like, no one should watch these. It should be banned, etc. Whatever, whatever. And I'm just like, hell yeah, those movies totally suck ass. But 
this one this is the this is easily the second best halloween movie and yeah it is pushing its way into first just because it's so unique that's the thing is like when the first halloween came out it was it i don't it, it was mostly unique there's still like black christmas and psycho of course but now every movie is trying to be halloween halloween one no other movie has ever been halloween three except for halloween three how much do you wish that they'd actually stayed the course and made it a yearly anthology thing? I, I wish it desperately. Okay, so again, we mentioned Tom Atkins. Go back to Creepshow. I really liked it as like an anthology movie there. If we made it like a movie anthology, it's just a different thing about the idea of Halloween. That is such a good idea. I really, really like that idea. But the problem is, if we go that route, we don't get Busta Rhymes karate kicking Michael Myers. So are you willing to give that up? Go ahead, say you haven't seen it. Let me pencil that into the schedule right no, now. No, I say haven't the words. seen say, it. Oh, I haven't. goodness. Let me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, look at all this free space in January you have. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Dangertainment is back, baby. So, I've only seen four Halloween movies. I saw one a million times. I've seen two once. I've seen the third, and I like it enough that I'll probably hold on to it. Again, the ending is awful. But uh, I also saw the uh, Rob Zombie version. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, there's not much more to say there. Uh, the movie just... It's hey, sort do of you like is. an hour-long origin story with a sad kid and then just the end of the original movie? Nah, you already saw Jigsaw. We don't need to get into that. So uh, what do you want to watch? It's the thing, Chris. He doesn't actually kill people. What? Okay? He gives them a choice. Maybe you should watch the series. So what do you want to watch January next week? Twenty six. <laughs> Saw one through seven. Oh god. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, don't, don't, don't. So uh, <laughs> anything else you say? Yeah. Uh, what could possibly be worse? Oh. So uh, oh. seriously though, Wishmaster uh, one through four. Well, well, come on. You know. <laughs> Sorry. You guys are so mean to me. It's not like <laughs> I made you watch some bad movies this month. Anyway. Oh, don't worry. November. See, I'm going to let you off easy at first. November 3rd. Well, not November 3rd. Cut that part. <laughs> the first week in November, I'm going to give you what you want, which is that very special Blair Witch episode. Okay, yeah. We have been, ladies and gentlemen, we have been playing this for some time, and there's there's a whole lot to talk about with Blair Witch. I'm going to talk about the Blair Thumb. Anyway, it's going to be a whole lot of You're fun. Not. That's cool, because after you talk about the Blair Thumb, I see two weeks in a row here. I see Batman v Superman Ultimate Cut, and then I see Justice League interesting i hope you get as many of those thumb jokes out as you want buddy because i'm gonna have the last laugh i promise you well that uh it's my what fuck cutting out he not really can't but, save the world know. alone chris yeah. you cannot save the world alone you have to unite the team so are we really gonna go and do the dramatic reading of the fucking Chris we absolutely are i'm good this is gonna be my first uh radio drama in a very long time i'm gonna get the sound effects and everything I'm so excited i'm gonna have like a bowl full of jelly here and like a glove i'm gonna punch into it <laughs> oh my god and like some raw meat that i'll just hit and everything it'll be like and superman got hit in the face and <laughs> that? you don't want to see justice league tell that to zod's broken neck <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so any final thoughts you have on halloween 3 besides the worst ending of all time well it used to be a thing where halloween 3 was like 
hey guys, we know it's not Michael Myers, but it's actually pretty good. You should give it a chance. And now it's like universally accepted with us horror weirdos. Like, no, this movie rules, and all of you should watch it. It is now the high IQ opinion. You know, the movie's pretty good, but I guess it's a little bit insulting to the Irish people or people with Irish ancestry. But luckily, they can take a joke. Well, Jimmy Blight, I'm on again, the pub where I was born. He played it from the night time to the pace of early morn. He sold the souls of psychos and the men who had the horn. And they all looked very happy in the morning. But Jimmy didn't like his place in this world of ours. Where the other man brought storm and his next and he had too many pairs. So I sad to see the grieving of the people that I'm leaving. And he took the road for God knows in the morning. We walked into the station in the rain. We kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang him a song that time's long gone Now we knew that we'd be seeing him again But sad to say I must be on my way So buy me beer and whiskey cause I'm going far away I'd like to think I'll be returning when I can To the greatest little boozer and to Sally McLennan The years went by and times were changed I grew to be a man I learned to love the virtues of Sid Sally McLennan I took the chairs and drank the prayers and crawled back home and done I ended up a barman in the morning I played the pump and took the hump and wore the whiskey down I took the hoods and horses through the men and drank the brown I heard the sight of Jimmy's making money far away And some people left for heaven without warning We walked into the station in the rain We kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang them a song of times long gone To say I must be on my way So buy me beer and whiskey cause I'm going far away I'd like to think I'll be returning when I can To the greatest little boozer and to Sally McLennan When Jimmy came back home he was surprised that they were gone He asked me all the details of the train that they went on Some people they are scared to come but Jimmy drank until he choked Took the road for heaven in the morning Sally McLennan